Hey, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Grace is on the Case. I'm your host, Grace Lynn Keller, and today I have a missing persons case for you that is truly one of the most confusing cases I've ever covered. Unlike most missing persons cases, this one is bizarre because our victim was in contact with more than one person up until the moment he disappeared, and I mean the exact moment. And one of those people was even in the same area as him, possibly just yards away. So buckle up, y'all. This is the story of Brandon Lawson. On August 8th, 2013, Brandon Lawson and his longtime girlfriend, Ladessa Lofton, had an argument because Lofton believed Lawson was under the influence of drugs. Lawson had previously struggled with methamphetamine addiction, but had been clean for about six months at this time. But when Lawson hadn't returned home the night prior, Lofton believed that he had relapsed. She confronted Lawson about being high, leading to a heated argument. At the end of this, Lofton told Lawson to leave the home that they shared with their four children in San Angelo, Texas. Lawson took off for his parents' house, located outside of Fort Worth, Texas, about a three-hour drive. He left in his pickup truck at 11.54 p.m., never to be seen again. So shortly after leaving, Lawson ran out of gas on a desolate stretch of Route 277, and he called his brother Kyle at 12.30 a.m., asking if he could bring him gas. So Kyle informed Lofton, the girlfriend of the situation, and knowing that things were still tense between her and Lawson after their earlier argument, she said that she left an empty gas can on the porch for Kyle to pick up, fill, and bring to his brother. So Kyle went to the home, retrieved the can, and made his way to where Lawson had told him that he was stranded in those early morning hours of August 9th. Over the next 50-ish minutes, Kyle and his brother exchanged numerous phone calls, but there was poor cell service in the rural area that Lawson was in, so many of them dropped. On one of these calls, Lawson told his brother that he was being chased out of town by, quote, the Mexicans in the neighborhood, unquote. And because of Lawson's history of drug use, Kyle believed that he was under the influence at the time of the call. Kyle confronted his brother about this over the phone, but Lawson denied being high. And then at another point on a different phone call, Lawson came in sounding distressed and claimed that he was injured. In the middle of all of these calls with Kyle, Lawson actually called 911 at 12.50 a.m., And it's kind of hard to hear, and parts of it are inaudible, but you still kind of get the gist of the situation from the parts you can make out. So I'm going to play the call here for you now, and I also have a link to it on my website, graceisonthecasepodcast.com. Here it is. 911 emergency. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. It's like we're just pushing guys over. Right here going towards Javelin on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. You got to check the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now run that by me. No, we're not talking to him. I saw you ran into him. Ah, you ran into him. Okay. That's the first guy. Do you need an ambulance? No, I need the cops. Okay. Is anybody hurt?
So obviously that is hard to make out, but I wanted to play the exact audio for you so you could hear his voice and just how frantic he was, because I think that just speaks a lot to his situation and whatever was happening at this time. But I'm going to read the transcript for you also so that you can hear what people have kind of made out from that through audio enhancement and just listening at a slower speed, all those things that we have to kind of forensically analyze audio. So here is the transcript. So the call starts with Brandon saying, yes, I'm in the middle of a field. There's something inaudible. And then he continues. And what you can't make out is just push some guys over. We're out here going towards Abilene on both sides. Abilene is a place My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. A guy's chasing me through the woods. Please hurry. The operator responds and says, okay, now run that by me one more time. Brandon says, there will be no talking to him. I accidentally ran into him. The operator replies, oh, you ran into him. Okay. Then we hear a voice in the background. Brandon says something else inaudible. All that we can really catch from that sentence is the phrase, the first guy. Then there is a loud noise that echoes in the background after this. The operator says, do you need an ambulance? Then we also hear someone in the background, again, not into the receiver, but in the background saying something inaudible while the operator asks if an ambulance is needed. Then we kind of hear some sort of chuckle or something. And then you hear Brandon say, no, I need the cops. The operator responds, okay, is anybody hurt? Brandon does not reply to this question. She says hello three times before the line drops, the call ends. Brandon does not respond after he says he needs the cops. And there is a lot of background noise going on, but it gets louder towards the end of the call. So that's really all we have recorded on tape of this night with Brandon being out on this desolate stretch of highway. Yes, he was in contact with Kyle on and off, but this is on tape. This is the only thing that was recorded in the whole situation. And like I said, you can tell that something's crazy is going on here, that he is startled. He is rattled. Something has happened. And I just kind of want to dive into this really quickly. The way he is speaking makes it sound like there are is somebody else with him. Whether those are people who are after him or people who are with him is a little bit unclear, but he's referencing that he ran into them. We don't know who them is, but there will be no talking to them. I accidentally ran into them. So one can infer that he either with his car or just while he was on the side of the road by this wooded area ran into a group of people. I don't know if that's referencing like his car hit somebody else's car or he just stumbled upon another group of people while he was waiting for his brother. That is unclear. I think it could be either option. But he, at this point, is making it sound like there are other people who are not cooperating, who are being aggressive, who are chasing him. Now, the loud noise that we hear halfway through this call, a lot of people say that it sounds like a gunshot. It's really hard to say. I mean, this call is very, very muffled. 
it could be a gunshot. It could be something else. Police believe that because there was another highway extremely close to this stretch of highway that Brandon was stranded on, that it may be either a loud car or truck backfiring from the their exhaust. So it may not be a gunshot. It may just be a loud noise that could sound like a gunshot. But again, who's to say? And then we also have these voices in the background that you can hear that are not speaking directly into the receiver like Brandon is, which also makes it sound like there is somebody else there because at certain points you can hear this voice while Brandon is also talking. So we know it's not like Brandon's moving the receiver away from his ear and speaking and there's just no one else there. It it really does to me at least after listening to this over and over again, regular speed at slowed down speed, I think that there is somebody else there. And this just folds into the mystery because we have this frantic 911 call, but then he is before this and still after this on the phone with his brother. And he doesn't mention to Kyle at any point that there is another person with him that he has been chased. He does at one point, and I will continue on to detail these calls with his brother, say that he has been injured. And he says the one comment about being chased by people from the neighborhood. But other than that, we don't really get any concrete statements from Brandon on the phone with his brother saying, there is somebody chasing me. He just kind of makes vague statements about, oh, the people from the neighborhood are chasing me. And again, the question of Brandon's sobriety remains throughout this entire ordeal. So after this 911 call, a passing truck driver called 911 also at 12.58 a.m., so just minutes later, to report that Lawson's truck, which now looked abandoned, was parked in a hazardous manner on the side of the road with its tail end sticking over the white line and into the lane of traffic. Then Kyle calls Lawson at 1.18 a.m., asking for his exact location because he was approaching the area where Lawson had originally said that he was stranded. On this call, Lawson sounded out of breath as if he had been running, and he told Kyle that he was injured and bleeding. He told him to hurry up. Kyle assured Lawson that he was on his way, but he didn't think too much of this at the time, since Lawson hadn't said someone was with him or someone was trying to hurt him besides the odd, vague comments about the Mexicans in the neighborhood. Kyle assumed that he had just tripped and fell in the dark. And again, there was the question at this point of drug use. Kyle was pretty sure that Lawson was on drugs at this time, so he thought that his brother was just hallucinating. So Kyle arrived at the truck around 1.30 a.m., and almost at the exact same time, Chief Deputy Brandon Neal also arrived in his squad car. At this point, neither Neal nor Kyle were aware that Brandon had frantically called 911 about a half hour earlier. Neil had actually been dispatched out there due to the trucker's call reporting Lawson's vehicle, not Lawson's 911 call. So as far as he was concerned, he was just going to investigate why this car was parked hazardly on the roadside. And Kyle had been speaking on and off to his brother. And while Lawson had told him he was injured, again, there was no sign of any immediate danger from what Kyle could tell 
And like I just mentioned, that piece where Kyle thought he may have been hallucinating due to drug use. So I don't think Kyle had any alarm bells ringing at this time either. Neither of these people really knew that Lawson was in any imminent danger. So Kyle and Lawson get on the phone again now that he is at Lawson's truck. And Lawson tells Kyle that he could see him and that he was right there. So Kyle's looking around because his brother is saying, I can see you, but he was nowhere to be found. And at this point, Kyle was still not really concerned because remember, Deputy Neal showed up in his squad car. And at the time, Lawson actually had an outstanding warrant. So this deputy arrives in a squad car, lights blazing. Kyle assumed that his brother was just hiding in the brush a little bit away from the road until Deputy Neal left to avoid being arrested because of that outstanding warrant. And like I said, nobody knew that Lawson had called 911 besides that dispatcher. So they didn't think he was in any immediate danger. And I want to stress that. It's not like... They knew that it was a life or death situation and were just too lazy to really look for him. They did not know that things were so dire. They just thought that Brandon was hiding from the police. So it's reported that both parties did like lightly search the area for Lawson, but nothing more was really done at that exact moment to find him. And they couldn't really come up with anything as to where Lawson was. So Deputy Neal eventually left, and Kyle continued to search until around 4.30 a.m., only taking a short break sometime in there to bring his young son something to eat. But after that short break, he returned to continue searching. At this point, he still thought that Lawson was hiding. After finally giving up searching the area without Lawson being found around 7 a.m., Kyle put gas in Lawson's truck. Remember, he had come out there with a full gas can to help get gas into the truck. And officials had arrived on the scene to search the area as well. So he kind of directed them as to where to look. And then he leaves. Police's search also don't turn up any trace of Lawson. And then shortly before 9 a.m. on August 9th, the sheriff's department towed Lawson's car. So while all of this is going on at the scene, Lofton is at home asleep with her and Lawson's young children. Around 4 a.m., she wakes up and checks her phone, and she sees that she has multiple missed calls from Kyle, Lawson, and Lawson's mother. So she immediately tries to call Lawson back, but the phone continually rings, and she can't get an answer, and she's also not getting kicked to voicemail. So Lofton assumes that he just doesn't have service wherever he is, so she then calls Kyle to get in touch with him. It's at this point that she finds out that Kyle had made it with the gas to Lawson's truck, but they still could not find Lawson all these hours later. The area continued to be searched in the days after, but still nothing was found to indicate where Lawson was going or where he had gone. The only thing that pointed to him having been on the land off of Route 277 was an indentation mark under a tree, which police believe that is the place where he crouched and watched Kyle and Deputy Neal at his truck and was like hiding from Deputy Neal. 
And this would have been when he and Kyle were on the phone and he told Kyle he could see him. So that's kind of their thought process there is like, okay, so he was alive. He was right here at this point, most likely. And this is where he was sitting when he was telling Kyle, I can see you. And Kyle was looking out into the darkness and couldn't see him back. But despite all of the searches and everything that was done to try and find Lawson in the weeks following his disappearance, nothing really comes up. The trail kind of just goes cold. There's no real evidence besides that one indentation mark. They can't find Lawson. They can't find clothes belonging to him. They can't find his wallet, his keys, his cell phone. They find nothing. So in the weeks following Lawson's disappearance, authorities initially suspected Kyle of either helping Lawson escape to begin a new life, because remember, he had that warrant out, or of some sort of foul play that led to Lawson's disappearance. But after numerous interviews and passing two polygraph tests, Kyle was eventually cleared of any wrongdoing. And after that, that's pretty much where the evidence and investigatable things stop. The case sat at a standstill, and with such little going on and no evidence being found, many theories ended up emerging as to what happened to Brandon Lawson that night. Police stood firm that there was no foul play and that Lawson left of his own volition to escape the warrant he had out for his arrest. The terrain in the area he disappeared is very rocky, and it backs up to the Colorado River, which was only about knee-deep at the time due to drought. Because canine searches never brought up any conclusive results, police believed that he had either hitched a ride from Route 277 or left on foot across the river. Lawson also actually cashed out his 401k shortly before disappearing, which caused police to further point to the idea that he had chose to leave on his own. His family vehemently disagreed with this theory, saying that he would never leave his family like that. And so it's unclear if Lawson ever received the money from his 401k account or if he had just put in motion that cashing out process. And his final paycheck, which had been directly deposited into his account the day he disappeared, remains untouched to this day. So one has to think, if you're going to run away and start a new life, you're going to need cash to fund that. You would think that if he went through all the trouble of cashing his 401k, and getting that money that he would have cashed his final paycheck because it's just more money to fund the disappearing acts that you're planning. But he didn't touch that. So regardless of if he received his 401k or not, that bank account was never used again by Brandon Lawson. So it's a little bit confusing because one thinks, okay, he cashes 401k. That's suspicious, of course, because he's not of retiring age, but then you have this paycheck that's sitting in his account for years and years and years that never got cashed out either. So that's a little bit of a question mark too. And it can kind of go either way, either supporting the theory that he ran away or supporting the family's theory that he didn't leave of his own volition. Some people believe that Lawson got lost in the rocky terrain that night, eventually succumbing to the elements. And the environment he was in that night is heavily inhabited by poisonous rattlesnakes and feral hogs, which definitely could have been a factor if this is what happened too. Others gave the side eye to that truck driver that called in Lawson's vehicle, wondering if he had anything to do with the disappearance. There is no evidence of this, however. Um, and I am not 
a huge fan of this theory. I'm not really sure what the truck driver would have done. And I think it would have been pretty obvious if an entire truck had stopped on the side of the road and something had happened to Brandon at the hands of its driver. Somebody would have seen that. This was, again, a desolate stretch of highway, but there were still people driving up and down it. I think somebody would have called in to say, yeah, I saw an entire semi-truck stopped on the side of the road that night in this time frame. So that's my feelings on that. So that kind of covers all the theories over the years of what people think happened to Brandon. And like I said, the case really just sat until a huge break happened just earlier this year in February of 2022. So although the area where Lawson went missing has been searched high and low several, several times over the years, there was one specific area of this that was off limits until 2022. Prior to now, the property was private, but it has since changed hands and become public land. So Lawson's family immediately after this happened and a group of volunteers decided to search that area. And they found clothes that matched what he was wearing the night he disappeared in this land, which was the only land in this whole area that had not been able to be searched up until this point. So immediately upon this discovery, they call the Texas Rangers. In February of 2022, this discovery was announced to the public with a little bit more information. And Lawson's family posted an update on Facebook that read, quote, the Texas Rangers conducted a search that ultimately led them to discover human remains in the same area. Although DNA tests are needed to confirm identification in our hearts, we know that it is Brandon. End quote. As of recording in October 2022, the results of the DNA test have not yet been made public. If the remains are those of Brandon Lawson, they will undoubtedly bring closure to his loved ones. But again, there is the possibility that this may not be the answer they have been searching for all of these years. There is just no definitive way to tell until those DNA results come back. And even if it is Brandon, I think there are still a lot of unanswered questions in this case that I'm not sure we will ever have the answers to. So that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoyed. I'm going to keep an eye out on the news for this case. So as soon as those DNA results are made public, I will drop an update in your feed. So keep an eye out for that. And as always, all of my source material will be listed on the show's website, gracesonthecasepodcast.com. And you can contact me through there or through Instagram DM at Graces on the Case Podcast for comments, corrections, suggestions for future cases, pretty much anything. So hope you enjoyed, and I will see you for our next case. Mm-hmm.